Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's the Crypto Lark here. I've got Alex from Nugget News. Hi, guys. How are you going? Mate from just across the water here in Australia. Very exciting stuff. Now, we're going to be chatting all things crypto today. So, I thought a really fun place to start off with, because we're from Australia, because we're in New Zealand, and because it's the hot, hot topic at the moment, Power Ledger. Very much talk of the town at the moment, isn't it? That's it. it. It's a project that I think a lot of people are excited about, but part of me feels like a lot of people are excited about it. Not because they've actually researched and maybe fully understand what Power Ledger is trying to do, but because they see, you know, uh, you know, the typical Lamborghinis are coming to everybody kind of stuff. Do you do you kind of get a, a sense of this happening a bit on your comment section and things as well? Definitely, yeah. There's posts when you start to read posts um, every hour about the price going up and up and up that attracts attention. Um, but I think it's a good project. And if you've looked into the fundamentals of it, yeah, I think they've actually done some good deals and they're already starting to tick a few boxes. So there's every reason the price should be going up. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't think it's a pump and dump, but I think it's a very interesting project. Have you looked into it a lot or just a little bit? Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, I've done a review on it and I uh, got to interview uh, Dr. Gemma Green. So it was, you know, yeah. very cool stuff. It's a very, very interesting project. Now, I thought one thing that could be fun is, you know, to kind of maybe put some of these uh, naysayers to sleep or maybe to give some people some more information on the project. What if I take, you know, the, I don't know, the side of a skeptic or somebody who thinks that the project's not going to work or whatever, and you can, you know, defend uh, Power Ledger. So the power companies are never going to get on board with this. Okay, so... There's a couple of ways that I think about this. So we actually recently saw Origin Energy in Australia already trialing it. So some of the power companies are being open-minded and they've had meetings with, um, I think, even state governments. And they recently got that grant um, from the $8 million from the government to start implementing some trials. So I think there's definitely a degree of support there. And I think the, the answer I'm going to give is similar to the answer I get for cryptocurrency when people say, oh, what if a government makes Bitcoin illegal? I think it's a matter of that even if that does happen, the countries that adopt Bitcoin or, you know, the, the towns that adopt Power Ledger are going to see great benefits. And then it's a matter of, oh, the town next to them adopts it. And all of a sudden, even if they're in the minority, if people start to adopt it and see the benefit, then the big power companies realize they've either got to adopt it or at least compete um, if it's a better model. That would be my answer in the way I think about it. If you've got a good technology, it's going to improve things for the better. Maybe government push back to some degree, but I think at the end of the day, um, if it's a good project, it's going to shine. Yeah, and you know, I was talking about this in my live stream today. I'll get back to being a skeptic in a second, but I was talking about this in my live stream today and actually I was thinking even if it was just Australia, it would give uh, unbelievable value to the Power Ledger project. And I think 
there's definite interest for this exact kind of project in Australia and that the government's not going to come out and hinder this in any way, actually quite the opposite in Australia. And actually yeah. with the recent Indian partnership with Tech Mahindra. Yeah. So David Martin is flying over there um, on Wednesday and they're already talking about setting up, what is it, 450 microgrids. So as you say, even if the Australian government or an Australian company try and fight it, there's all these other countries that can adopt their blockchain very easily and that have no competition in some of these places. So it's going to be, um, you know, just like we see some countries skip the whole middle infrastructure of power lines, they might skip these whole um, the middle infrastructure and move straight to decentralized models, which is really cool to see in developing countries. Yeah, gosh, that's such an exciting point that I think a lot of people don't think about. They're thinking from their perspective, well, I'm here sitting here in a Western country and I get my power from a power company so many places don't even have power yet they don't there's no lines there's no roads but if you set up a decentralized system that these little villages these small towns these counties provinces whatever can really benefit from it okay let me be a skeptic again so um, <laughs> in australia there is a big um surge currently of people buying home-based solar why the heck is anyone gonna need power ledger if uh we've all just got solar panels on our roofs uh, I think, well, you can always sell it. You can use that to your advantage. So if you've got power, power um, solar panels on your roof and your neighbor doesn't, um, you know, hopefully you can sell your power to them. Uh, more people with solar panels, um, even if you then become in the minority, you're the guy without them. That's actually might be an advantage because it becomes very competitive for everyone around you to sell um, their power to you. So the free market will decide what price power is and, and all that sort of thing, whether it's more beneficial to buy the panels or to buy it off someone else. Um, and this is going to be pretty interesting to watch it all play out when you think about things like that. And then all of a sudden the, um, the power companies want to compete somehow. So mm -hmm. it's a very interesting story that we get to un watch unfold in our own backyard. So I hope I'd hate to see this innovation get stifled. I, I don't think it is going to get stifled. I mean, New Zealand's made one or two moves recently that have been kind of anti-solar. We passed a, sort of basically a solar tax last year, um, which wasn't beneficial to the whole movement, but that's a different story perhaps. Now, what about yeah, line yeah. rentals? Now, this is something that I see a lot of people saying, well, yeah, okay, that's nice if uh, Bob can buy power from Alice, but you still have to use the lines. Isn't that a problem? Isn't that going to bring this whole project down? Well, that's certainly not my, um, something that I'm probably the most qualified to speak about. So uh, yeah, I think, yeah, if you're going to start using government infrastructure, there has to be some sort of compromise made, I guess. It's a bit like that, the MBN rollout in Australia here, which has been an absolute nightmare as well. Do individuals privately start having to pay for these connections to their own premises? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, even if you're in a, we're, we're talking about, you know, you, you and I in our own house, but if you're in a um, commercial setting, then hey, maybe if you've got all these solar panels and all these batteries and maybe it's worth you paying for these private lines to the surrounding businesses or you build a new block of, block of flats and you you pay for it all yourself if you can see the return on investment over the coming years um yeah but as i said i'm certainly no expert on how government infrastructure and private companies are going to want to 
Um, yeah, and it, and it, it depends on the different uh, jurisdictions as well. Uh, one thing, actually, I think we could take it back to the previous uh, answer, was actually no one's really accounted for businesses. Businesses actually consume such a huge amount of energy that you're not home during the day when you're not using your energy. Your Tesla wall battery thing's already full. What are you going to do with all extra energy? Of course, you're going to sell it to the company, which can't literally can't generate enough power off of its roof to power its stuff. So I think there's always going to be a market for this. But one thing that yeah. I think with the line rentals as well, I don't know how it works in Australia. And it might actually be different from uh, state to state and you know territory, whatever. But here in New Zealand, for example, different companies own the different lines. So you'd probably still have to pay that line rental fee regardless. But so I might pay six cents per unit for the line rental fee, but then I'm also paying in New Zealand. Uh, my last power bill, I was probably paying 22 cents. So that would be what, 14, no, 16 cents per unit of power. Now, if I can take that down to seven cents, I'm, yeah, okay, I still have to pay that line rental fee, but the line rentals, it's there to be rented. They want to make the money. They don't want to not make the money. So does it work kind of yeah. similar in Australia where you basically pay a line rental fee? I've, to be honest, mate, I've never looked at the the, um, the bill in that detail. We just uh, get the, the power bill with the figure down the bottom, and I've never looked in the specs, so I'm uh, sorry to let the viewers down with that one. Yeah, but that's all right. That's in, right. in Tasmania, I know we've got some of the most expensive uh, power in Australia, even though we've got abundant power and a hydro dam. So mm, very expensive power in Tasmania and, and all around Australia, really. Yeah, I think it's really interesting too. You mentioned the hydro dams, for example. This might even let really more competition come into that. I know the main idea of PowerLedge is really, you know, focusing on uh, solar and the home um, people in that in that way. And that when I talked to Gemma Green, she says one thing. She said, "Well, we're really kind of focusing on solar, but of course, there's other applications too. Imagine you have, you know, a farm and you have a bunch of windmills out back. We well, could be selling that potentially, or this might actually incentivize people to start." perhaps small hydro projects, which might sound kind of crazy at the start of it, but why not? If there's more yeah, um, well, to sell that one of, the, one of the things that's funded with that $8 million Australian government grant for Palinger is um, the, the little trial. It's um, vehicle charge as well as, you know, rainwater, um, wastewater treatment. They're trying to make a whole little ecosystem. So as you say, not just the solar panel side of things, which is really cool. Okay, and uh, my, my final skeptic point here, now that Dr. Gemma Green is the mayor of Perth, she's not going to have the time to make this project successful, therefore it will fail. <laughs> uh, <well>, shoot. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the right politi politically way to phrase this. So um, women are better at doing two things at once than men. And there's, what, 96% men in, in cryptocurrency, 4% women. So I think she's got every chance to prove everyone wrong. <laughs> Uh, and hit a home run. Yeah, very possibly. And of course, you know, the, the thing here too is that PowerLedger is a huge team. She's just one of many bricks in a big, beautiful wall. Yeah. And actually, I think having her in a political position of power can only serve to benefit what they're trying to do. And obviously, Western Australia is the big place they're pushing for this at the moment. So I couldn't see any better position for her to be in and to have this association with PowerLedger company. I definitely think we've come to the conclusion that this is a good project. Lamborghinis <laughs> to the moon. 
Patience, I tell people, patience. I think people yeah. expect to log in and see that their account's green every single day and investing isn't that easy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's that's one thing I always say on my channel as well is just, guys, relax. There's always going to be opportunities to get in. And, you know, we may not – I don't know if we're going to see a $0.10 power ledger again, but certainly moving forward – there, you know, we've seen a lot of exuberance and run-up in Power Ledger in the past couple of days, so they're you know, very possible pullback coming up. But long term, it's got mind-blowing potential to tech revolutionize the way we do business with our power companies. It also has a great investment potential as well, which I know most people are interested about the money. I, I geek out on the tech and the potential of all this stuff to change the world. And I'll take the uh, the Tesla. Actually, I don't want a Lamborghini, not my style. Yes. <laughs> now there's a lot of other really exciting projects coming out of australia horizon state is one unfortunately i had a few people chase me lark you gotta check this check this out you gotta review it you gotta look into it i only had you know 15 minute look at the website or something but i know it's a project that does, has done really well post ico has seen a good growth for the investors but also is delivering a really interesting project can you tell us a bit more about what the heck that is and what, what exactly they're doing so they're trying to um, decentralize um, the whole democratic process. So, you know, the first one that comes to mind is the voting system. Um, and again, we're pretty lucky in Australia and New Zealand that we've got pretty structured political systems, mm -hmm. um, I guess. So that, you know, countries that are, you know, developing nations are where this can really start to change things powerfully. And we can see honestly who's elected. Um, you know, there's no questions whether or not Donald Trump got the number of votes he did or yeah. and, and all that sort of thing. Um, but I mean, this can be applied to corporate structures as well. So shareholders can vote. It's all open and transparent, the best um, direction for, you know, any sort of projects or, or governments. Um, and I think they're reducing the cost of the voting system by a hundredfold. Um, I think it's roughly $7 a head in Australia and they're going to get that down to $0.07 cents or less, I think. So that was another one that was up as much as it, uh, 1,000% post-ICO. So, yeah. Amazing. Um, I, th I think they just got listed on a one exchange today and there's been a bit of a sell-off, but I think they're getting listed on um, Cryptopia as we speak and, and Livecoin tomorrow and another big exchange in the near future. So, again... Um, these are sort of projects that I like because they're boring on the surface and they reward people that are genuinely interested in crypto. Um, they get to be the beneficiaries. Yeah, and they solve real-world problems. This is the thing. I've always said that, you know, one of the great use cases for blockchain will be voting moving forward. You know, there's so many cases of voter fraud around the world. But even then, if you can do it in a decentralized way where you can access that platform with your verified IDs, say you've got a, an account with Civic, for example, and that's how you verify yeah. you are who you are. You go on to your Horizon State account. In fact, the Australian government makes you sign in. You can't use the internet on that day because you guys have mandatory voting over in Australia. So you, you can't use the internet until you've voted and it just comes up on everybody's screen. It's the first thing, for example, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, and, and they've got a great team. Um, Jamie is a guy that's been pretty active in the community in Australia. Um, yeah, and I just you see good people, you see them doing good work and, and projects with a good, honest message. And yeah, I'm, I'm like happy to hold on to those long term as well. Yeah, that's it. You know, 
good projects should be held on to. And this is the thing. I don't, I, I don't put any money into things that I don't think are good projects, you know, so I'm long on most of my um, positions, which I'm very happy to do because I look at them and, yeah, okay, you, you always have to kind of keep in knowledge that, well, maybe I will never achieve uh, the Bitcoin value. Bitcoin might outpace some of these different projects, but that's fine if you're looking at it as, okay, well, I'm still achieving the dollar value and I'm still supporting really great projects and some people will never be convinced past the dollar point, you know, but how much do you need? I guess so when it comes to some of these projects, a thousand percent growth in Horizon State sounds pretty good to me, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that, again, another one that's probably not on many people's radars still and they've already achieved that. I think they're going to have a big few announcements in the next, um, the coming months because they've been working behind the scenes for over a year. Whereas, you know, these these projects that are thrown together and have an ICO and a white paper, but people that were genuinely trying to help solve these real world issues before Ethereum and the ICO platform came along, and that just gave them the means to speed up what they were doing, another reason why I really like these sort of projects. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic projects uh, coming out recently. Uh, unfortunately, New Zealand hasn't had any very exciting uh, ICOs uh, for a while, but hopefully there will be some coming out soon. But uh, keep my ear to the ground. Haven't heard anything yet. Now, there was another one you were telling me about before we uh, hit the record button earlier. It was, uh, is it Kanya? Um, Kenya. Kenya. Um, yeah, so they are basically trying to create a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace. So I know a lot of people have heard of like TaskRabbit and those sort of um, things where you can find people to do any sort of jobs or qualifications that have partnered with Endorse. So have you heard of Endorse where you can basically, um, someone can say that, yeah, if you're a builder, they can say, uh, yeah, he's a good builder. So Endorse, right. um, Endorse that you're good at what you do and they've partnered with Kenya. So they're trying to create this marketplace. Yeah, peer-to-peer -peer style, pay each other with cryptocurrencies, find good people near you doing good things. Um, these guys are from, uh, the mainland Australia, and they had a crocodile hunter when I interviewed them as one of the first people that was on their marketplace. <laughs> you've, got, you've got a crocodile in your backyard, he's on their pier to get it for you. So, very, uh, very cool. that's to Australia, that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's great. Another, another cool um, thing with the Kenya Club so, if you invest in Kenya and you don't move your coins from your address you automatically join their HODL club and um, they've partnered with Endorse, they've partnered with another company called Digex and they'll do airdrops and they're looking for ways to you know, reward the people that aren't there to pump and dump and are true investors in the space. So yeah, L little things like that behind the scenes that show me that um, people care about their, their project and that mm -hmm. sort of thing. It's sometimes those little things that you can tell people have got a good nature and they're a good team, which I like as well. That's great. You know, what you just said there as well makes me think one thing about the space is that too many people, they see the potential gains and they just cash out straight away. And that actually hurts projects. And people don't kind of think about that, that actually a lot of these projects need long-term investment. They actually need people to hold on to them and need people to be invested in their community, right? If you just say, well, I can think by 100% and I'm out of here. See you later. Thanks, project. It doesn't actually support the project's that you're excited about. That's why yes. I'm you know, excited about long-term holding. And I think the people that are genuinely interested in if they take the time to watch your videos on my videos, um, you know, when Ethereum ran from $10 to $100, if you know what the project's trying to achieve and understand that they're not there yet, then you don't sell. 
Um, whereas if you have just bought and you've seen green on the screen, you don't understand what you're investing in, you're more likely to sell. So that's all, all part of the fun, I think. That's it. That's it. Absolutely. Now, one thing that you hear a lot in this space, usually from uh, central bankers and all these different types, Bitcoin's in a bubble. It's all going to pop and fall to pieces and we're all going to be left, uh, you know, holding a bunch of digital numbers online that are worth nothing. What do you think? Is, uh, is Bitcoin in a bubble? I think it's certainly run very hard, very fast. Um, do you have any thoughts on it before I give my thoughts and influence you at all? Or? No, no, you, you, you go ahead. You go ahead first. We'll, we'll take it from there. So I, I did a video um, called "Can Bitcoin Reach a Million Dollars?" and it was a you know a little bit of clickbait, but I wanted to present some um, points of view of the market caps of other things. So you know, Apple's nearly at a trillion dollars. You know, forex the amount of money that goes through central banks around the world each day is in the you know trillions of dollars. So the market cap of gold is seven trillion dollars. So you know when Bitcoin's at a hundred billion, in the scheme of things with central banks printing money and and all that, I don't think it's in a bubble. But whether or not it needs to have a fifty percent pullback, you know you don't know. But we've seen I've been in Bitcoin for five years and we've seen this happen you know six or seven times now where we get these big deep corrections and people panic and other people come in and buy and mm. um, I'm a big believer that unless unless America or someone big comes out and says look we're going to make Bitcoin illegal um, maybe that's enough to cause it to have a sustained downtrend so the year when Bitcoin was a thousand dollars that you know China were going to ban it ban ICOs I would have said oh it's probably going to go lower but here it is at ten thousand dollars and it keeps going higher so you just, you just don't know that's it. Yeah, I, I'm much of the very similar thought. You know, when I hear Bitcoin's in a bubble, I've done a few videos as well talking about, well, let's look big picture here. It's something like, what, 0.1% or actually I think even less. I don't remember the exact numbers anymore. It's been a few months since I did that video, but of the total, you know, global assets. And it's just, it's nothing. It's just a blip on the radar at this point. And we forget this because we're focused in on it all the time but the big banks i mean god wall street they do so much business every day so much business every year it makes bitcoin look pathetic actually to an extent it's definitely on the rise will there be pullbacks yeah of course it's bitcoin there'll be pullbacks there'll be giant surges up Putin will come out tomorrow, do something. The Chinese will do something. I don't know. Donald Trump will say, tweet something. It's highly irrational at the moment. And this is one thing that a lot of people don't always have the stomach for, perhaps, in the Bitcoin game is yeah. they see it go down. They go, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. These, this whole cryptocurrency. I knew it was a scam. Somebody said, my, my uncle said it was a scam. I invested last week. It's down 10%. I'm out of here. I thought this was going to get me a Lamborghini, and it's not going to today. I really like the term anti-fragile, where every time something happens, you know, there's a hard fork and this is going to be better than Bitcoin or Bitcoin fees are now too expensive and then Bitcoin changes to being a better store of value. And no, no matter what you throw at it, it tends to just keep making it stronger and more resilient. And that just, again, fascinates me. And is it money? Is it a store of value um, in 10 years' time as has everyone lost their hard drives and there's actually only 10 million bitcoins in circulation instead yeah. of 20 we, we just don't know how this plays out that's exactly so, it hmm. a lot of these addresses i mean 
they think it's about something like 1% per year is uh, being lost forever. People die, whatever. Houses burn down. Different things happen. Yeah. That's huge over a scale of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. People, people don't kind of uh, think about that as well. But mass adoptions underway. It's starting. Coinbase is onboarding. They're always telling about how many people they're onboarding every day. And it's, you know, some days 50. I heard they had 300,000 one day last week or something, which is totally crazy. That's just one company. One company of the many companies that are available. Of all the people buying at Bitcoin ATMs, buying on Korean exchanges, buying in Japanese exchanges, on and on and on and on and on. The demand is surging along with the price, of course, because so many, so much new money is coming in. And as institutional money comes in, we're only going to see more increases moving forward. The million dollar Bitcoin will be an interesting thing to see someday if uh, we ever get there. Let's hope so. <laughs> I think there's one thing we discussed in that, that pre-interview was, is it a bubble when, you know, the average man on the street starts telling you to buy stocks and we all hear that's a sign of a bubble, but all these plumbers and builders that are into cryptocurrency, they've got in before any institutional investors and the so-called professionals have got in there yet. So it's almost a reverse bubble. And if the bubble pops, it's going to be the investors and hedge fund managers that got in last again. So yeah. another reason why I don't think that we can say this is a bubble. That, that's a fantastic point. You know, there's only a few big kind of investors in the space and they're famous for being bitcoin investors people like uh, uh tim draper i think first name the, the, Dra the draper fund you know they're been big in it for a while but the banks have been kind of hesitant you know they're just kind of starting to dabble a little bit and but it's going to happen really soon where the big banks the big money flood in as well so let's hope so i like your analogy let's move on to some of the uh the biggest kind of disruptors in the space now we're both kind of uh nexus nerds if you will nexus geeks yes. we it's a it's a very exciting project that we love now for anyone who hasn't heard about nexus can you just give us a quick you know give a quick breakdown of you know what exactly nexus does so um yeah i've done i did my fundamental analysis on nexus recently and i guess in, in a nutshell they're trying to build a decentralized internet um i think i did the math that if they get a thousand of these micro cube satellites into orbit that's enough to give coverage to the entire planet. Um, I think I did some round numbers that they could maybe do that for around $200 million. And again, in the market cap scheme of things in crypto, that's pretty realistic. Mm -hmm. um, I think it'd be pretty cool to have a decentralized internet. You need Nexus to use their blockchain and stuff like that. Is there anything cool. in particular you love about it? Or uh, You know, one of the things that, well, besides the founders, because the, the Cantrell guys are some pretty interesting dudes i loved their white paper by the way it was uh when he starts uh you know get, like the last three pages of it or philosophy or something like that so this is fantastic but um one thing that i really like is the the idea of future proofing so they've made nexus to be quantum resistant so basically the key is better than a quantum computer at least at this stage we'll yeah. be able to crack so that for me was really interesting that you know showing this this is something we want to future-proof. They're already ahead of the curve, basically. So, yeah. yeah. And of course, the one thing as well that's really interesting about Nexus, and maybe not all people knows that Colin Cantrell, he's the one who's developing Nexus, but his dad, Jim Cantrell, actually is running a space rocket 
company. What's, do you remember the name of the space rocket Space, company? SpaceX, or yeah. he left Space Zoro he shares to help fund and pay this new company. It's a very cool story, either way. I can't remember exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't remember the exact details either, but if anyone can do it, it's these guys, without a doubt. They've got all the inside tracks they need to, to make something like this happen. Yeah. And have been working on it for a very long time. Very active community. So, yeah. so did you have, uh, to close up, did you have a one specy in particular or one project that's not on anyone's radars you wanted to talk about? Or Yeah, absolutely. One that, one that I uh, have mentioned quite a few times on my channel, and it's kind of getting on a few people's radar, but still definitely, you know, down below the 100 mark on CoinMarketCap is Sonom. And this is a Russian that. supercomputer, but they're, they're going for so much more than that. They are, you know, doing web hosting and stuff like this in a decentralized fashion, trying to do fog computing and all these things. So a really good team of developers behind it. Good tech, super low market cap, a lot of potential moving forward. And we'll even offer uh, dividends uh, moving forward as well once they get the network up and running. So cool. lots to like about it. Yeah. And, wh and what about you? Oh, okay. So a scary one, just quickly, that's come to mind is the Singularity Net with the robot and the artificial intelligence. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't. I so, haven't. So her intelligence is put, like, linked into their blockchain and she can formulate responses and talk to you. And um, they've been touring around Australia. So I've done a fundamental analysis on that. That's very scary and interesting where AI goes. Um, but one that I think is just so undervalued that's been around for a couple of years is Digex. So they're building gold-backed cryptocurrency. Um, mm -hmm. You'll collect dividends, um, but I think their market cap is like $130 million and they actually hold $130 million worth of F. So the market's valuing the company and the project at zero, which to me is a no-brainer to buy. So, mm. Interesting. Interesting. You know, there are so many projects out there and it, you're, you're deeply involved in the space. You know, it's it's hard to keep track of them all, 110%. You know, I look at the top 100 and I think, well, I'm familiar with 50 of these. And I'm sure you get messages every day saying you have to cover this one, you have to cover this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're trying, guys. We're trying. We're trying. I'm trying to get as many as we can. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fun, though. It's, it's a great learning process being involved in, uh, in crypto YouTube. It's a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome, Alex. Thank you, man. Thanks for taking the time. This is—I always love chatting with other crypto people. So this is this has been a good time for sure. I've loved it as well, Lark. So keep up the good work uh, across the channel there. Thank you. You too, man. You too. It's a, we, uh, you know, keeping an eye. If you're not subscribed to Nugget News yet, there'll be linked down below, so you guys can go check that out. Thank you very much, mate. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.